Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation, man to man. No excuses are offered. None except. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts, lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk <laughs> man. I back it up. And we are chock full of that, man. Damn right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> and that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. If you're going to blitz, come strong, but don't come at all. Coming strong with another off-season edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. I am Jeff Howe. Happy 4th of July, everybody. This is Independence Day week. I know it's a short week for everybody, so hopefully, maybe you're listening to this while you're barbecuing or spending time with the family or whatever. So whenever you're listening to it, however you're listening to it, we're just thankful that you are. Let me bring in the rest of the team. He is the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire, Matt Butler. How are you, sir? Doing well. How about yourself? Good. I'm glad in the editing process you got our full encounter with the turkey vulture last week <laughs> yes. on the show. I wanted to make sure I had to leave it in there. It was all in there. Good ambient <laughs> reactions and sounds. Uh, a man who decided to go uh, in the other room and uh, take a video of the tur- turkey vulture uh, nearly crashing through the window here at the studio. Uh, he's that kind of guy because he's a renaissance man, folks. He literally does it all. Lifetime Longhorn, 2002 UT All-American, 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award, fourth-round draft choice of the New York Giants in 2003. Spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and a year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the CFL. We don't talk about the thing he did after he played with the Tiger Cats. We just decided <laughs> we'll leave that off the resume. Even Matt deleted it from the Wikipedia entry. That's thank how you, much. Thank you very much, man. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> when he was done with football, got himself back to Austin, Texas, and the 40 Acres, where he earned his degree. Whenever that T ring comes back in, he will wear it proudly. But nevertheless, he is a card carrying member of DBU. And when you're an All American, you get that black card. Number 21 in your program, number one in your hearts, Mr. Rod Babers. And Love the intro, brother. It, it, it's, it's good every damn time, man. Trust I, me. I'm it's glad like, you like it. Yeah, it's like, it's, like, it's like married sex. It's good every time. <laughs> I expect it, but it's still good every time. It, I, just, I ro- it. it just rolls off the tongue. Boom. Smoothly. No, man. it's really good, And man. watch me stumble all over it next week when I do it. But <laughs> anyway, again, like we said, hopefully everybody out there listening is enjoying their holiday week, a short work week. And as a matter of fact, Rod B., you got vacation coming up. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to Lake Tahoe. As a matter Ooh, of fact, nice. tomorrow, I think we're leaving. Oh, yeah, we're leaving tomorrow, I think. It's like, you know how little I have to do as a man. Yeah. As, <laughs> my woman takes care of everything. She basically just tells me where to be and when to take off work. That's how so, quickly a guy can get his stuff ready normally. And yeah, oh, to no, go. she does all we're the going packing. Tomorrow? Dude, I don't, she's a master packer. So you don't mess with packing. Like she doesn't like. She's very efficient. Oh, that's she, awesome. She packs like three days so ahead fits? of the event. Like, we've been packing. She's been packing for like a week. Like just making sure everything gets. Dude, she is a freaking OCD. An itin- will, itinerary. And I'm the opposite. You know I've what seen I mean? instructions. I pack at the last minute right. for everything. Dude, I pack, I've packed in a trash bag before. Even when I was in a league. Oh, throw some stuff in there. Let's go. Like I am that kind of guy, and I'll leave, and I end up buying like half the stuff that I need there because like I'm Alan an idiot. Iverson style. Yeah. <laughs> Well, a broke, a broke Allen Iverson. That's exactly <laughs> so what I would Go to a new fit. city and just buy an outfit there yeah, and leave it in the like hotel. Toothbrushes. I would just leave like stupid stuff, chargers and stuff. She doesn't do that. If your relationship uh, with your uh, your lady friend is anything like my marriage, it will get to a point where the the thought process of just tell me when to be 
when to be, where to be, and what I'm supposed to be wearing when I'm there, that'll Boom. become second nature. Exactly. That's kind of where I, I'm close. I'm not. Um, she doesn't. She doesn't tell me what to wear necessarily, but I am basically at the. Just tell me where to be. Like, yeah. Where do I need to be, and what time do I need to be there? And that's all I need to know. And just tell me the occasion. Like, is it a birthday party? Mm-hmm. Is it a kid's birthday party? Can I drink there? Like, just let me know what I need. The context what, of the, my behavior. What state exactly. of mind I need to be in. Yeah. No, trust me. I'm there, man. We've been yeah. dating for a while. But she's good on that. Right. So packing and stuff, man, we're good. And so generationally, we're, yeah. we're at that point where, like, say, yeah. you're a father, but my recreation do not entail babies. But babies now are at places. So, oh, like, you have, have, friends it, have, have new rules now. on everything. Exactly. Like, there's That's new rules like, all over. Man, let me know if it's baby stuff. Right. You know what I mean? I need to know. Speaking. We mentioned state of mind, Rod, and the state of mind as it revolves around matters with Sam Ellinger is everybody seems to be losing their damn mind right now. And want to throw some verbal jabs at the in the direction of the Texas quarterback lately. Mm -hmm. First, it was Baker Mayfield, which is anybody shocked that Baker Mayfield would say something controversial? No, no. And then it was Terry Bradshaw, and he's straddling the line. His dress in this video that we're about to play the audio of. Mm He, it, it straddles the line between like Wilford Brimley and the Quaker Oats commercial, and like mm-hmm. Eric Cartman in that South Park episode about oh, student athletes. Yep. He yeah. does look exactly student like athletes. that. Athletes. And then on its way to being grown up Lebowski. Yeah. So, uh, Matt, do you have the Terry Bradshaw yes, audio? You go. Ready Here to go? You go. All right. I never understood why players would want to go and stack up like Texas. We open up with Texas this year, and one year they signed three five A quarterbacks. Two are now gone. And one that's playing, he, you know, he ain't that good. And I'm like, really? 5A? You watch them throw the football and you go, man, alive? What are they like? They go there and they can't throw the football. I'll take our boys any day. All right. There's a couple oh, of things here. Let, let me, let me, can I tell you my theory on this? <laughs> five, I, star, I have a theory on this, Rob. I have a theory on this. <laughs> I think that I, mean, ter- I think Terry Bradshaw knows that Louisiana Tech opens with Texas, the mm-hmm. Longhorns. He knows that school. Yeah. I really think he was thinking about Texas A and M. Oh, he conflated the two. Yes, Kellen okay. Mond. I think he was about thinking like about Kyler Murray, Murray and Kyle Allen, yeah. two five star quarterbacks. And then quarterbacks. they lost Tate, the, the commitment of Tate Martell during so, that time too. So he went Desmond stars. Howard. Yes. Yeah. He went Desmond Howard and talked about Javon Sneed, and it was the wrong team. It was Texas. Do <laughs> so y'all remember that back I in the day? I don't remember that. Yeah, co- totally confused the Colt McCoy and thought that Texas was going to be able to maybe win the bowl game, but didn't like the situation. And because of Javon Sneed, he was talking about an Aggie game the entire time, and he just just totally wow. confused just the conflated two. two. Yeah, Which, was, trust me, I've done radio for a long time. It, was it does happen. That does happen even to people who are who are yeah. who are actually lucid and you know yeah yeah. So been talking too long. Yeah, we saw no, Stephen just, A had yeah, this happen a few times. This it, he doesn't do a ton of research. He's not deep diving. No, I don't expect time. Terry. He doesn't watch college football. He does no. NFL football. So yeah, mm-hmm. I can see that. I'm like, oh, what was that school over there in Texas? They had two five star guys at Was it Texas? Yeah, because we haven't had a five star quarterback since Garrett Gilbert. Right. Exactly. And and I would say. We've only had the five-star quarterbacks that I can remember since I went to Texas. Chris Sims was a five-star quarterback. 
Vince Young. Chance was Chance Mock a five star? I believe like, he was. One yeah. service. Chance Mock was, was a five star. Guy. Yeah, he was, yeah. national. Yeah, American and guy. I think Garrett Gilbert. I want to say that's it. Yeah, I want to say that. And as a matter of fact, you had three of those in four years. I mean, that's how Matt. Like, you want to go get? I mean, Mac had three of those. He had Chris Sims, Chance Mock, and Vince Young. Child's three of those in four years. Three he, five. How do you get three five? He also had Norco in there. <laughs> was he five star? Well, no. Norco was not a five star. <laughs> yeah, no, but the fact that none of those guys actually left, it just shows you the new age. Like now, if you did that. Two yeah. of those guys would easily be gone. That happened to the Aggies, of course. Adam like, Dunn. Or... Within two or three years. Yeah, you know So what I mean? that's kind of where. That's a great point. Uh, that, I agree That's with you. one thing. That's a, good, that's a viable theory. Let's take it at face value that okay. Terry Bradshaw doesn't think Sam Ellinger is any good. 5A. Mm. I, yeah, this five is, is, he was a 6A quarterback, right? Yeah, well, and that's too <laughs> deep of knowledge for Terry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No way. Back in like the 70s. No way he even made that mistake. No, right? no, because yeah, yeah. back in the yeah. 70s, you maybe called somebody, oh, he's a good 5A quarterback, but he meant 5-star, but then he's so inaccurate because 5A <laughs> isn't even it. 5A. What he was thinking is Texas 5A, I, 6A. You see, Matt and, and I are on the same page. Matt and I are on the same page on this. People have been giving Terry Bradshaw way too much credit for his thought process in this slander. He was playing a room. He's playing a room of Louisiana Tech boosters. Like, I know one person that's a Louisiana Tech fan, and it was like a guy that went to school with Kyle Williams. That's about the room. It's your def- whatever you would think like a little Orgeron spawns would be. That's basically okay. he's talking to old people, and then it took an Austin media guy finding and stumbling upon a video what, to, to go just viral. go viral because like he's literally never had or thought, it, the thought complex never went fast that. Can I give you my theory on it though? Go for it, Rod. My theory is that. I, I do think he, he kind of uh, w- took a jab at Sam. I mean, I, I think that was the whole point. Yeah. I don't. So whatever way he mixed up the information, I do think he meant to take a jab at Sam. My, and this is just me throwing it out there. I think Texas, and I know this because I have swamp people in my family, and in Louisiana, and I have now sports radio friends in Louisiana, do sports radio in Louisiana. Nice. There is nothing to talk about but football. Yeah. Right. They don't talk about baseball because there's no baseball team there. Yeah, now they're talking about basketball because of the Pelicans. Now they now. are. Like they, literally, they didn't with they Anthony did, Davis. Yeah, even when Anthony Davis, they didn't talk about <laughs> basketball. They literally just started talking about it this year. Now they got Zion, and they traded away Anthony Davis. He wanted to leave and all that kind of stuff. So they just started started talking about that. But usually they talk football almost year-round. It's, yep. it's almost worse than Tigers. we are. It's Saints-LSU. Yeah. It's Saints-LSU all the time. All right? And, and when you're talking college football right now, I'm telling you what they're talking about is Texas. Because they, even before they play the Bamas and before they play Auburn and everybody else, they got to play Texas, the University of Texas. And that is a big game right now on their schedule. Also, and it, by the way, there are only four, was it? No, I think there are five FBS schools in Louisiana. And in the next what, two years, Texas is going to play three of them. They're going to play Louisiana Tech. <laughs> That's your old school. Um, coming up. And, and then they remember last year, of Lula. course, the big, the big win in New Orleans. So you start looking at this, the state of Louisiana, there's a lot of talk about Texas, period. Right. Since Sam Ellinger and his weird bag and, mm-hmm. and, and them beating Georgia down there in the Sugar Bowl, now they got to play Louisiana Tech. What do you think Louisiana Tech's talking about? The biggest game that they've yeah. played in four or five years is Texas. And then the next week is LSU-Texas. This is the first time La Tech and Texas have played in football. Exactly. So this is the biggest game they've had in forever. And mm-hmm. LSU's like, all they're talking about right now is like, man, all right, you know, of course we're going to, you know, we got to do what we got to do this year, but we got to beat Texas first. So, and I'm not, you know, throwing it like they're paranoid or anything, but there is a lot of talk in the state of Louisiana, period, 
about Texas, where you're talking about Louisiana Tech and at the top of the boot, where you're talking about down in New Orleans, where Texas just beat, uh, shocked the world and beat Georgia in the Sugar Bowl, or whether you're talking about LSU right there in the center in Baton Rouge, where they're like, man, we got to play Texas early on. That's a big game. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying, there's a lot of talk, man, almost everywhere about Texas. Right. Hell, next year I think they're playing Lula. Louisiana Lafayette, and this is, I'm not going to get into this because we don't have enough time, but this is all Texas Cold War strategy. This Because uh, when they make these schedules, what, five, six years, you know, mm-hmm. back in the they, Yeah, they I think the La, Tech, the La Tech game got added, I think, two, three years ago. because Yeah, some they make these schedules, like, way, way back. This is, when, when the, I'm telling you, when the, when the Aggies left the, 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 the Big 12 and they opened the door and then you had so much of the SEC flood yep. the state of Texas and take all that talent I think Mac Brown and company started thinking early, damn, we're not dominating the state of Texas anymore. Like, it's happening like now. TCU and Baylor and all these Texas schools are coming up, but also the SEC is taking all of our They're talent. They're about to come and over. In the Big Ten. So what do we do? Like, how do we try to, try to you know, how do we compensate for a all these losses? in their home state. Let's go to Louisiana. Let's yeah. have a presence in Louisiana. They produce more NFL players per capita usually than most states. They're, I think they're top five in the last three or four years in producing NFL players. They are top five in producing college football players per capita mm-hmm. year after year. If you want to recruit and you want to go out of state, if you're Texas, and even Tom Herman I think is benefiting from the Cold War strategy that Mac and company had on their way out. Yeah. It's like, let's go to Louisiana. They're right next door. And there's a ton of talent there in Texas. There, we're new. We'll be a great brand. Everybody, we don't, we haven't really recruited there enough as we should. Even right. Mac back in my day was recruiting Louisiana, but I think Mac always knew about Louisiana being a gold mine. They're, now yeah. it's not a secret. It's like Austin. Yeah. Austin used to be a, a great they secret, to, but now they know stay it. a lot more yeah. in the SEC. Yeah. But like to and, your point, now the SEC is all since it came over, it's been a two way street, and it's only smart to go and be like, well, you know, we're not far from home, and we're going to be playing in your home state. You can play, see us play Louisiana Tech and exactly. LSU and Lula, and you, your parents will be there and we'll be close to you. And yeah. now since they, the Aggies blurred the line, it's only natural reaction that both it's going to go both ways, basically. Exactly. I'm glad you brought that up, bro. There's a couple of different ways to look at recruiting in Louisiana. When you look at Max tenure, it was almost exclusively done until the very end. It was almost exclusively done in northern Louisiana, mm-hmm. really Shreveport. Yeah, you're right. And it was a lot my, of evangel guys. My family guys. lives in Shreveport. My family Chase, from, Chase yeah. and Cole Pittman, they were <laughs> yeah. evangel guys. Steve Lee was an evangel guy. Mm-hmm. PGZ was an evangel guy. Yeah, so then Texas, they made a habit of going to evangel or, or going yeah. into that Shreveport, Bossier area, and, and trying to get guys out of there. As time evolved, like I said, towards the end, you saw Matt kind of drift down further where maybe they're going to Baton Rouge and try to recruit one. They, they, they went to try to recruit Leonard Fournette out of New Orleans. Yeah. Uh, they recruited Jermaine Roberts, who was a St. Aug guy. So they, they tried to recruit Edna Carr a little bit. And that was part of that was when he hired Larry Porter because Larry Porter had connections in the state of Louisiana. Probably the best hired Charlie Strong, because Charlie Strong knew you could go recruit in Louisiana. But hiring Brick Haley, a guy that was at LSU for so yeah. long, Brick Haley knew where you could go recruit in Louisiana and not waste your time. Yeah, those little, exactly. Yeah. Those pockets where nobody knew about. Because if right. you're going to try to go recruit a kid from St. Aug or Edna Carr, well, okay, yeah. they're probably coming down to LSU or Alabama. Ohio or, State, Bama, or LSU knows and Auburn, or LSU yeah. and Georgia, or whatever. Yeah. But Brick Haley could tell you, no, nah, you know, I've got relationships with the high school coaches. That's how you end up with a Malcolm Roach because right. you've known his dad for a while yep, and so. you can go recruit him. You're like, yeah, LSU ain't going to touch him. We think this kid can play. Boom, let's go get him. Yeah. So that was one of the best hires Charlie Strong made was Brick Haley for those reasons I mentioned. Yep. 
what what Tom Herman's done, and, and I think this is – and we don't talk a ton of recruiting on this show, but I think that's going to change, and stay tuned because we probably have some news coming up here in the next week or so on that. Ooh. But nice. when you look at Tom Herman's recruiting strategy, right, I think that's what a lot of people aren't taking into consideration, and Louisiana is kind of a small part of that. It is. Tom, got, Her- yeah. Tom Herman's not afraid to go get in the fight. He's not afraid to go literally and figuratively. Right. right. Yeah. He's or his wife. She or, was, or his she, or wifey. She's, she's a ride or die. He's not afraid to yeah. go into New Orleans and say, you know what, we're going to compete for this kid because we think he's that good. Yeah. We, we think this kid can help us win championships, and we'll go compete head up with LSU or Alabama or whoever. Yeah. That's why I think when people, it's twofold. You brought up part of it. When you look at Texas, kind of being stagnant right now in recruiting, got thirty-eight number thirty-eight class nationally, and people are like, where where are the commits coming? It's when you get it, you're no longer just trying to protect your home state because the recruiting dynamics are yeah. not like they were in the Mac Brown, and yeah. they're never going to be that way again. No. This is what happens when your battles aren't just against Oklahoma and A&M or maybe Baylor or maybe TCU. Mm-hmm. Now you're going head up with LSU and Ohio State yep. and Alabama. Alabama and Georgia yep. and USC and these national brands that you're going head up for, especially the out-of-state recruits. That stuff's going to take some time. But as a Texas fan, why you should feel good is you've got a coach now who's willing to get in the fight. Cast that net wide. And it's why he's pumping up. He's why he's getting the facilities right. That's why I think, look at the schedule now going forward, right? So uh, so what they've been, you can tell what they've been negatively recruiting against Texas on the, on the trail. And everybody negatively recruits. Right. I mean, this is the way it is. I mean, yeah. it's like peeing in the shower. Nobody's going to admit to it, but every mm-hmm. school does it. What they've been telling Texas on the recruiting trail is, Man, you know what? They they can't they can't mess with the SEC, dog. They can't play with the SEC. You know what I mean? They can't. They can't. We produce more NFL players than they do, and we play the best football. And when you're selling it to a young guy for Texas to flip that, they got to start beating the SEC. Ironically, they got to beat the SEC to almost win the Texas Cold War against A and M. They got to go beat Georgia. They got to go beat LSU, and they got to go beat Bama. And that's why they're all on the schedule. <laughs> yeah. So that when, you know what I mean, so later on, I'm like, no, no, it's not a question, man. We beat Georgia. And it was just gifted to them, that Sugar Bowl. All right? That was just gifted to them. They didn't plan that. That wasn't on the schedule. But getting back to the initial point, so we won't spend too much time on it, the, the Terry Bradshaw thing, the reason that he's taking a jab at Sam Allen, because everywhere he goes in Louisiana, he's a good old country boy who loves to hang out in Louisiana. He's mm-hmm. swamp people, just like my family. They My family from Shreveport, all right, where, you know, they where he hangs out and keeps originally yeah um and everybody goes what what, what do you want to talk to terry bradshaw about football Talking ball. and in louisiana we want to talk about louisiana football yeah and every louisiana most of louisiana places right now a lot of them are talking about texas yep. they're like all right so what and he's he's tired of hearing about sam ellington because when you're talking about texas what the hell are you talking about sam ellington right and he's tired of hearing about sam ellington he's like no i'm tired of hearing about him talking about yep. hey, he ain't that good Yep, and it's summertime, <laughs> it's like, and uh, I'm in a room and had yeah. a few and enjoying yeah. talking so football. I think that's all it is. Yes. He's just yeah, and then he's he's yeah. and he's having he's repping his state and repping his alma mater. And if you've ever seen him at any one minute on yeah. Sunday morning, he says absurd things all constantly. Literally, wants, some of his opinions are the most outlandish no, there are. I tweeted out a video of him in 2016 saying that he would sigh if he had to choose between Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers. He would take Mike McCarthy uh-huh. over Aaron Rodgers. And that's kind of when I stopped taking him seriously. Yes, honestly. same here. So, there you go. I I was forced was to stop. I was forced too, to stop yeah. taking <laughs> Terry Bradshaw seriously uh, as a youngster because my dad, who's a, a diehard Cowboys fan, as Jeff's in a Cowboys shirt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I actually am wearing a Cowboys shirt today. Yes. Uh, 
some I remember my dad used to have a barbecue restaurant. It, it was one of those places. It's kind of like the barbershop where you get nice. sports arguments all the time. <laughs> yeah. Somebody they were talking about quarterbacks. Somebody brought up Terry Bradshaw. And I remember my dad loses it and says, you know what? <laughs> and his the point of his argument, it, it was always, he's like, you know what? If Bradshaw is a Hall of Famer, he's like, then John Starworth and Lynn Swan are the two greatest wide receivers that are ever going to walk the planet. He's like, have you ever watched an NFL Films video and seen Bradshaw throw just this great pass? No, it's Swan going yeah. up over four guys yeah. to, or like Starworth reaching behind his back. Yeah. So I know my dad That's would love that. That's a toothless wonder. No, 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 you're right about that because his, his numbers obviously aren't. Yeah. Right. But here's, here's, here's the, the to tie it all together to Sam Ellinger. This is what I dig about this, Rod, and this is what I think Texas fans love about Sam Ellinger is they know two things about Sam. Number one, he's taking this all in, and he'll use it as fuel. Yeah. But Sam's got such a personality and, and such a presence that he'll spin this in a way that ends up making him look good in the end. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure he will. And he'll spin this in a way where Texas fans are going to be like, yes, that's my quarterback. That's my guy. Yeah. <laughs> he no. should wear the Terry Bradshaw throwback jersey whenever Texas beats Louisiana no, Tech. I know I would say this, and he, he, he could. He doesn't, he, he doesn't start the, the, like the trash talk, and he doesn't start the fights. Even with, like, Kyler Murray, right? His disagreement with Kyler Murray. They yeah. go to midfield after the OU Texas OU game and shaking hands, something said, whatever. And then Kyler Murray blows them off or whatever, and then that's when their words exchanged. We there there's there are theories on what he said, but mm-hmm. there's no he, he said that you know that he basically there's nothing said disrespectful. He still has respect for him, but he didn't start that you know that beef with Kyler Murray. Yeah, but you know he he knew that okay now this is gonna it's gonna not gonna back me. down. And even when Kyler Murray disrespected him later on, I think before the Big Twelve game and said they asked him you know do you respect. Uh, Sam Ellinger's game, and he said, "I have no comment on that." Mm. And Kyle, and then I think when Sam was asked the same question, he said, "I'd absolutely like to comment on that. I, of course, I respect his game." And that was just Sam's way of taking a jab and also taking the high road. Right. Also, yeah, tell exactly. the truth. Yeah. I think it was just you know, I mean, that's kind of the personality you're talking about. Why you like Sam? Yep. He's got a little bit of Vy in him, uh, where and he's got that arrogance and that bravado where you have to be if you're going to be the leader of alpha males in the locker room. The you know the we're back mm-hmm. and all that, but. You know, even the Baker Mayfield beef, I, you know, he hasn't talked about it much or said nah. much about it. And Baker is taking all the shots and Baker saying, you know, I don't I don't like him. But, you know, the reason I like Baker and Longhorn fans, they, you know, don't like when I say it. He's my favorite Sooner of all time. I don't know if you can say that. It, you know, what I mean, like it's 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 uh, that's blasphemous among Longhorn fans. But it's all I always compare. It's like saying. You know, uh, like Jeffrey Dahmer's your favorite serial killer. Like, it, no, he's not my favorite. Mm-hmm. But he's, Adrian he's Peterson the one was that guy for me. No, I there yeah. in, in the NFL. I, he got so good, I had to be a fan to watch it because well, I like the sports so much. Yeah, he intrigues me more than any other sooner, and because he does a really good job of internalizing what he believes to be slights or beefs. And remember, he's 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 called out Colin Cowherd for uh-huh. dissing Odell Beckham Jr. many times well, and dissing himself many times. Yes. He's also said he keeps a list of people that disrespect Enemies him on list. social media and 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 for, from the media and broadcasting. He uh man, he calls out Sam Ellinger just because they're high school rivals from Westlake and Lake Travis. And what he wants Sam to do is is take a shot at him. 
because for Baker, he almost absorbs it and it makes him stronger. Yeah. Like as a superhero, that's what he does really, really that's well. It's like that LeVar Ball yeah, mentality. Like Tom Brady, Tom Brady recently tweeted out, uh, he Instagrammed out a picture of a, uh, of a radar gun and it had 61 miles per hour on it. And apparently he had thrown a pass. He says that was 60, that went, you know, that was measured at 61 miles per hour. Like yeah, that's how the velocity of the uh-huh. pass. And if I believe if, if that was measured at the combine today, uh, that would be the second fastest ball thrown at the combine behind Josh Allen since 2008 at the combine. And when Tom Brady tweeted out, he also tweeted out falling off a cliff, huh? That was the <laughs> caption. That was a, that was a jab at Max Kellerman, who in 2016 said Tom Brady's going to fall off a cliff. I guarantee it. He's done. Father Time's catching up with him, which I'm sure we've all said at one point about him yes. and the Spurs at one point when they the dynasty. But, he's but a the, the point man. is that Tom Brady, he's keeping it. He kept that. He that's three years ago. That's yep. Max Kellerman. That's not even anybody. Nobody even cares about Max Kellerman. But Tom Brady's keeping receipts yep. because it drives him. It's motivational currency. There's a reason Michael Jordan mentions the coach that <laughs> cut him in high school at his Hall of Fame speech. He's because yep. Michael Jordan will always hate that guy. It's not that guy's fault. He, he probably deserved to be cut. But Michael Jordan now, that's motivational currency for the GOAT. And all the GOATs do it. And Baker Mayfield, I like that about him. And Sam's got some of that too. I don't know if he's as petty as some of those other guys, but he has some of that too where he internalizes right. that and uses as motivation. And I think all the greats do. It's called motivational currency, man. Like that's you spend it when you have to spend it. And and Baker just wants to stockpile it like Scrooge McDuck and yeah. swim in it. You know what I mean? And then, <laughs> well, and then, and then yeah. it's because the haters they they, they, they motivate that's why he's the only walk on that's ever been drafted number one overall. You know what I mean? Like that that is his fuel. You stop hating on Baker, when everybody starts loving Baker and they don't hate on him, that ultimately is going to be his downfall because that is what drives mm-hmm. him. That's why when Kansas doesn't want to shake his hand at midfield, that's when he's like, oh, oh, really? And he gets obsessed. He goes crazy. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that. Is, that's why Texas OU games. Like that's that's kind of his fuel. Insulted you know his mean? honor. Yeah, yeah. he loves that kind of stuff. And all the greats do. Well, and Here's then what you I- add in the Texas. Not only Texas OU, but it's Westlake and uh, Lake Travis. Like there's yeah, a rooted in his rooted. childhood. Yeah, it's like beautiful. it's literally the identity <laughs> of what he was. And that's your arch nemesis on the other he, side since he was young. Everybody I, in his world. I'm, is I'm glad you went there, Rod, because I think Sam Sam is keeping score. Because go back to something he said. It's I think like it was after the, it was after the West Virginia game when the whole horns down thing became a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Sam said something to the effect of, "Don't worry, I'm not going to forget anybody who did this and made a big deal about it." Something mm-hmm. like that. So you know he's keeping score, like you said. Does he? Is he as petty as Baker Mayfield? I don't know, but you know, on some level, he's keeping score. No, but is. this is why Texas fans love him because even though he's keeping score, he can say stuff like this. And this is this is one of those. Yes, that's my quarterback. That's my guy. Mm-hmm. Moments. He told Stuart Mandel in the Athletic when Stuart Mandel asked him about voicing his opinion. It was about student rights. Remember, Sam said something yeah, yeah, about I that, that earlier yeah, in the spring. Yeah. Uh, and then just all the all the backlash he gets in general. This was Sam's take on the backlash. I don't really necessarily look at responses on Twitter. I really don't care what homeboy with six followers has to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. No, I totally, yeah. Because I mean, and every like Texas fan reads that, and you're like, yeah, that's my guy. The first that's time my quarterback. we saw that from Sam, honestly, was when, uh, and I, as a member of DBU, was Dylan Haynes. Yeah, when <laughs> Dylan Haynes calls him out, and Dylan Haynes says, you know, that uh, I, I believe Sam tweets out some of the motivational quote. He tweeted out a motivational quote. Uh, basically trying to get the team pumped up, like, hey, you know, let's work hard, something like that, uh, to that, to that, uh, to that respect. And then Dylan Haynes tweets back at him, like, hey, man, you know, what I mean, you ain't, you ain't really paid the price yet. You got to pay your dues. You know, what I mean, you ain't, you ain't there yet. You're not, you know, you're not the alpha male yet. 
and Sam Millinger tweets out just a photo of the spot where the uh, what's the Baylor quarterback Seth, Seth, Seth jumped Russell. over him. Yeah, yeah, Seth Russell, where he basically leapfrogged him and hurtled over him. Yeah, and and I, I want to say when that we first heard I, of Sam. Yeah, I want to say it wasn't even the only right. thing he had a caption. This, on. this is before Sam Ellinger ever played a game at Texas. This is yeah. February fourteenth, twenty seventeen. If you're not willing to work and strain every day, the yeah. University of Texas football program is not, in all caps, the place for you. And <laughs> Dylan Haynes responds and says, "You got, bro, you got no juice." With an orange emoji. Yeah, I don't know why he did that. that Sam takes a picture. <laughs> Charlie Guy versus Tom. Sam Hurley. takes a picture of the spot of a spot, random spot on the field in the stadium, and Sam's response is, "Correct me if I'm wrong." At Dylan Haynes for, but isn't this the exact location that at S Russell seventeen hurdled you? Yeah, yeah. See, and which is that he doesn't start it, but he'll finish it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Doesn't start the yeah. mess, but he'll finish. He it. He won't back down. He'll hit yeah. you back. So. That's when we finally. That's when we learned a little bit more about Sam. But I mean, it, T- Tom Herman calls him the best leader that he's ever been around. So, and Tom Herman's been around a lot of good leaders. Mm-hmm. So, for Tom Herman to say that he's the best leader that he's ever been around, and he didn't just say the best leader at quarterback that I've ever been around. He said the best leader he's ever been around uh, on a football team. So, um, that's really high praise for Sam. Yeah. <laughs> just a side note on this: Dylan Haynes responds, "Ha ha! I was just messing with him, I know, and I look at joking. my phone. I have a hundred notifications." Quandre responded, yeah, yeah, human hurdle. And yeah. then another Quandre response, dog, Sam left from watching film. I'm sure to go to the exact spot where the human hurdle was hurdled. Yeah, because he's a Longhorn fan and he remembered it. Like, dude, why would you? I don't know why Dylan Haynes did that. That made no, that didn't. Well, just and I, like and I'm, not a, I'm not shift. a Dylan Haynes hater like most people. I actually take up for the white safety. I think he was like just Dylan a Haynes strong guy and Jeff Heath and Blake Gideon, but still, it doesn't, that, that's stupid. It doesn't. What do you mean, strong guy and a Herman guy? Like what? The, that's well, being no, I'm, I'm not defending it. Yeah. I'm just saying that. No, I know, but if that that's was, the reason, that's even more stupid. I agree. Like, I hope you were just I joking agree. and it had at nothing to do with it. At that time, though, with the new idiotic. coach, like that's a young man trying to show leadership. Yep. Yeah. Went on a team that had no leadership, and you're gonna call him out for it? Like, no, that <laughs> that ain't your business, man. Like, nope. what that what that those teams behind the curtain once they are they're they're actually paying the price and sacrificing, committing for the cause. Like those guys like myself who are lifetime long ones on the outside, man, you can, uh, you, you, if you want to call them out, you got to do it in faith, face to face, or you got to DM them. Yeah. You can't be calling them out on social media, dude. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's, and, and that's cowardice. And I'm glad you, you know, went you there because. Even if you're joking, like, don't do that. Right. Don't, don't, don't joke like that, man. Not Dylan Haynes, but the Terry Bradshaw <laughs> but stuff, you, the Dylan Baker Haynes. Mayfield stuff. <laughs> if you take nothing else from it as a Texas fan, this is what you should take. Texas finally has a quarterback that everybody in the country is talking about and a quarterback that you can look at tangible statistics and defend him and say, no, this guy really is good. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Well, I think that's always – I don't even know why now that – well, for those uneducated, ignorant college football fans, that's the case. Right. I think for knowledgeable college football fans, they, right. they they saw this year and were like, okay, that guy's the – He's the real deal. Yeah, I can't wait to it see what the hell It took the Sugar Bowl, but a Sugar Bowl game. Like, there's yeah. Texas OU. That's when people start doing that research. Like, when you could do yeah. that, yeah, for That's sure. That's a great point. Yeah. And I thought, you know, Alex Okafor had a camp in Pflugerville over the weekend, and CBS Austin caught up with him. And Kenny Vaccaro worked that camp. Uh, oh, yeah, Earl I saw Thomas that. And all the guys. Yeah. That camp. And Alex Okafor made a great point. People, people are starting to get scared of Texas. Like, everybody's been waiting so long. Everybody's waiting wonder, waiting, wondering, okay, when is Texas coming back? And this goes back to something we talked about, Rod. I think people across the country, and not to say that this has anything directly to do with it. I'm talking this is more the fan response. Mm-hmm. I think people see, all right, 
not only do they have a guy in Tom Herman who was the hot young coach in the country a couple years ago, and he's back at a place that he's probably going to retire at if everything goes right, and you can clearly see whether it's recruiting or, or wins and losses, he's got that thing trending in the right direction. And everybody's seen what Texas has been able to do, like we've talked about, where they transcend the quarterback. When you've got the guy at quarterback, mm-hmm. how good this program is, I think people see that and they're like, all right, Texas is probably for real, but we can't let no Texas is for real. Yeah, we can't. I mean, we can't show that we know Texas is for real. I think there's. Um, well, I do think that teams are start. People are starting to take notice of Texas. Yeah, I don't know if they're scared of Texas just yet. Um, they should be. We know because we know what kind of firepower Texas is working with. But they still have a, a lot of unproven commodities. Just a lot of um, really high high caliber in, Sunday skill sets uh, and type of NFL caliber talent. We'll see, but I think they have a Tom Herman has a great track record of developing talent. We know Sam Ellinger is the real deal, and like you said, the track record for Texas when they find those two pieces, uh, the right guy at head coach, the right guy at quarterback, which they do have, usually the uh, results have been through the roof. Scared or not, it's validation that yeah, Texas Texas got some stuff figured out now. Yeah, no, it is. the Sam Ellinger thing is interesting though. I think. It all goes down to his moment at the Sugar Bowl versus Georgia afterwards saying we're back. Because you're right, it's different from, you know, the broadcasters and media saying, well, I think Texas is back. Well, I think, you know, last 10 years, oh, you know what, I think Texas is going to have a good year. I think they may be trending in the right direction. You know, we, you know from the quarterback, the, the field general, the guy who's in that locker room says, no, they're, we're back, and I'll make sure we're back. Like, we're back. Mm-hmm. It's on my back that we're back. Trust me, we're back. And that's different. Like, that – that's almost like a VY or a coach yeah. saying the same thing. Like that's and then that's why I think people are take taking they're, they're taking recognition of Texas. Yeah. Like it's it's a different guy saying Texas back. It ain't yeah. you know it ain't the coach. It ain't the broadcaster. Not the media. No, it's the guy in the locker room who's pretty damn good. Yeah, he's doing a lot of stuff, and he, he's the odd symmetry between him and like Vince in that exact situation. Not only do, he's embracing the school's history and loves it, so a fan, he even becomes more polarizing if you're against Texas, which a lot of people are, and then if you're for Texas, so that's just only going to make his popularity go up, and like you said on the football field, he's already getting well-known for that. We, we, we've talked about this so much this offseason regarding Sam, but Texas fans have waited so long for a guy like him to come along uh, where you where you can look at that and say, okay, you've got a legitimate guy at quarterback yep. because <clears throat> I think we can all agree, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, Garrett Gilbert was going to have to be Peyton Manning reincarnated to live up to the expectations <laughs> that he had on him coming in, and yep. we all know that didn't work out. And I feel like David Ash had the talent. But David Ash just didn't have that personality, Rod, and it's one of those deals. Now I think looking back on it, even if and he had stayed, even if he well, even if he had stayed healthy, probably was that not, personality but. that Mac Brown needed? Mac Brown wanted to come out, and David Asher, that Charlie Strong probably needed. I don't know that it was ever going to come out. I like Maybe the way not. you said it, though. It's about what that team needed because Colt yeah. didn't have a personality like that. Right. Colt wasn't that outgoing. He wasn't, you know what I mean? Until he wasn't he's the, like a, the big, he wasn't he the tallest guy in the room years. literally every time you walked in. Like, he wasn't that guy. That was that was Vince. Colt didn't even go out with the guys yeah. that often. You know what I mean? When they would go out downtown and hang out, Colt wasn't always with them. He was always with them around the facility and with them. But, you know, he had relationships with different guys on the team. That's not necessarily everybody. Vince Young, I know for a fact, was like, no, no. Everybody going out tonight with us. We all going out together. They rode like a mob. Right. You know what I mean? And with Colt, it was a different. It was just a different type of leadership. So like you said, they they had already had Vince Young 
So he had already, I always said he had swagger, which is he had confidence to spare. So they had already had that throughout the locker room. They had already seen the way you win a championship, how you do it, what you sacrifice, what you commit to, and the level you have to play at. So I'm not going to say it was easier for Colt because Colt actually, I think, had less talent around him. Um, that's why he didn't win it all. But I think for in terms of what you're talking about, yeah, Sam has a little bit of both. He's, he, he's humble. Yeah. Like I said, he doesn't start the fights. So he's humble, kind of like Colt, but like Vy, he'll finish it, and he mm-hmm. likes the stage, and he likes to he likes to be in yeah. the limelight. He and, likes it. And when you look at the other quarterbacks in this line, I mean, you know, Case McCoy and Gerard Hurd, I think had kind of the personalities. They were willing to say, "Yeah, I don't mind being the quarterback at Texas and everything that goes with it," but Case, where's Case? Case has one of the strangest careers of any quarterback, and yeah. I say that in a good way. Um, because you just look at the physical traits and say, okay, he should have been able to do the things he did, but he still won the last A&M game and was the starting quarterback for that Oklahoma game, which still is one of the it's one of the best quarterback performances, considering the circumstances I've ever seen from a Texas quarterback, was that 2013 Oklahoma game. He was an odd yeah. overachiever, yet the, I don't even know how to explain it. There's no, there's no and, explanation. And, and Gerard, yeah. Gerard Hurd couldn't sustain it. And then, you know, we all know with Tyrone Swoops, it just wasn't as much yeah. as Charlie Strong probably wanted it to work out with Tyrone Swoops. It wasn't. And then Shane Bouchelle, it was just just came along probably a year too late for Charlie Strong to, to yeah. save it and be the and guy. Shane Bouchelle was a perfect stopgap yeah. guy. Hey, I th- I, listen, I, I think Shane Bouchelle, I will say this, I think he is the reason Texas is no longer in quarterback hell. It's not Sam. Yeah. I know it's not. There, Sam if he's should, your worst case, that's perfect. That's yeah. where you want to be. Sam's development could have gotten, you know, it, it, it could have taken a, a detour, a bad detour, if you didn't have a guy like Shane. Yep. I'm not saying anything against Sam, but I'm just saying I think there could have been some bad habits developed. I think his development could have been a little off. The fact you had Shane for that freshman mm-hmm. year behind yeah. him, and then, of course, last year, too, I think it was huge for the development. And now that we know Shane was all in, like he wasn't, it wasn't adversarial like <laughs> Chris Sims made draft white apparent. Apparently, Shane was like, "No, no, no, man! I'll help him out as much as I can. Like, I want, I want to make sure yeah. that he is the best quarterback he can be. And I understand that my path may be a little bit different now. I may be looking elsewhere, yeah. but while Coach's I'm here, kid, I'm gonna be all in. Kid, it's and it was apparently like they people said that he was a godsend. Like he, it was no friction. He did a most unselfish player type. Personality, yeah, and her, you know, like so he's just I, a coach's kid, yeah. a football nerd that was perfect for the situation he, he's to be the, a college quarterback. He's the reason Texas no longer in quarterback hell. It was him. It was his yeah. unselfishness. It was his uh, very giving nature. It was the fact that he wanted to be the ultimate team player, and he didn't. It could have easily been the second reincarnation of Sims Applewhite. You need those easily. type of guys hey, like the Chance Mocks or somebody yeah. that can be that other quarterback in yeah, the room. You know in what? The Chance Mock. Yeah. It's another. He's another guy too. Help tie like, the room together. Quarterback. Yeah, he didn't. He, he didn't want to. He was like, Nah, man. I see. I'm watching practice. I see this guy. Yeah. I'm looking. I know. I, I'm a football mind. Like <laughs> you said, Chance. Like I'm a coach's kid. I get it. I'm looking at this dude when it's all when everything's clicking. He's on a different level than yep. I am. I understand that. You yes. know what I mean? But that's why Shane was like, I want to compete, though. So Shane was like, first me out, so I want to compete. Can we just compete for it? And I think even Shane saw, you know, uh, you know, just through maybe game time reps and then reps at practice, okay, I get it. I get it. This guy offers things that I cannot offer, and he's on Younger, my level. Bigger. He's on my level already, and I'm a veteran, and he's just a freshman. Okay, I see where this thing is going. And I think Chance Mock did the same thing with Vince Young because yeah. he was a really good quarterback. But he was like, sure. nah, Vince Young's got this. But he was working. still there that one time. You need him in a game whenever yeah. they're, you know, it's perfect. Probably would have transferred today, though. Chance Mock would have transferred. 
Okay, yeah, he be Chance's personality. That's why Shane gets more credit because Shane right. stayed in the the day and age where you're supposed yeah. to transfer. I'd be really surprised if off the field Shane Bouchelle goes the route of Chance Mott. And I, the one thing I want to say about Shane Bouchelle in that regard is I, I do think the circumstance of having the four game deal and to keep his red shirt to preserve that also year, helps. I, that that the, not to say that that was. All Shane was in for knowing, okay, I can get used yeah. this much and stuff. No, right. But th- that's part of it. But yeah. can we go down the Sims Applewhite Road real quick, Rod? Since this go is ahead. the off season and yeah. we can do stuff. Go ahead. Because you were you were in the foxhole with both guys. Mm-hmm. You were you were Chris's roommate. Yeah, good friends. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about it a little bit, but it's, it's funny because I got asked about this last week, and I was like, well, let me get some clarification from Rod, and you know, we'll just turn it into a show topic. The relationship, because you, you hear like the broadcasts of games and mm-hmm. Mac talking about how he would room them together on the road and oh, everything's fine. Yeah. But now hearing from whether it's you or, or BJ or, you know, whoever, guys that played on those teams, it sounds like it was really forced and really unwanted by both guys. Well, Sims even has come out and said that Major treated him like crap. So. Yeah. I mean, it's he said that publicly, so we don't need to even. The hide that. I, mean, right. yeah, but I'm, I don't want you, I don't want you to feel like you have to say something that's going to get you. No, 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 no. I mean, no, he's I think saying Sims is already. Yeah, Sims is already said. It. Like, literally, he yeah, said it. Like, it's on the record. He's already said it because right. now he's a member of the media. So he's already it. said that. And it and it was it was pretty obvious. I don't know why they were trying to force it. Um, the relationship between those two. I both think, were professionals yeah, as, as collegiate guys. That was they unnecessary. I think yeah. that actually may have hurt both of their ability to process You know that competition. You probably should just let them do their own thing and almost act separate and not try to force the, the quarterback room to be but tight. But image guy. Group. Yeah, but Mac wants everybody to be a family. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think the media – No problems here. Yeah, the media took it as, of course, they're competing and – you know that was the beginning of kind of the you know the internet age of uh-huh. recovering college football. The spawning. And yeah, they were you know they, those stories. Oh, that's that were viral, out, man! It would have been insane yeah about nowadays. Sims and Applewhite. I mean, I, I think Mac Mac's always a guy. Uh, and E Hogan even says this, and I think he's right on the money. You know, you can say a million good things about Mac, and you'll never hear one word from him. But you say one bad thing, and Mac's upset about that. And yeah. you're like, well, I only said one yeah. damn bad thing about you. And I think it applied to his players too. You know, Sims and Apple, everybody loved him. But then, you know, Sims throws a pick, and then people get a little get, get on Sims, and he would, you know, come to the aid of Sims, and 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 but yet he would bench Sims yeah. if Sims played bad too. And it was it was weird. The, the messages he sent and what he was saying never really. You know, it never really vibed, and the fact that he tried to force them into being friends, not just teammates and professionals, was also really weird. That's like a parent making your brothers just go to the room together. You know, yeah, like, and it's like it just wasn't going to work. Do, man. do you think? Do you think Chris is and not that Chris had a bad career here? I mean, you look at yeah. at the time he left. I mean, it's like it was pretty much quarterbacks ever. Him yeah. and Bobby Lane pretty much were one two in just about every <laughs> statistical category yeah. you could think of. But do you think his career would have been remembered better had Mac just kept it separate and succeed or fail if he just said, Chris, you just go compete if you're the best guy, you're there. Or could he have not done that with Chris because of the caliber recruit that he was, because he was the son of the Super Bowl MVP? Yeah, I don't know if there's a – it's a lose-lose. Might be catch-22. I don't know if there's a situation because if he tries to redshirt Sims, 
Then he's bringing on and some entire some entirely other issues. You know, what I mean, then yeah. Phil Sims wouldn't like mm-hmm. that, and and the Sims family may decide, hey man, we want to get out of here. This is not what we want, and you don't want to lose gone. a five star quarterback. You know, what I mean, they, they meant more back then than they even do now mm-hmm. because guy, you know, it, it, and you didn't know Major Applewhite was going to end up being the you know offensive player of the year in the Big Twelve. He's no. made he was a third string quarterback for God's sake. He was our and case he looks McCoy like some kind point. of frat kid. Yeah, I mean you didn't know that. And you're like, God oh, damn it! I recruited Chris Sims. You and, overachiever. Yeah, and we know that it, with Mac, Mac really did build his at least his football teams around his quarterbacks. And depending on what that quarterback did well and the personality of that quarterback, all those teams took on the personality of their quarterbacks. Yeah. That Those Vince Young teams, that's why Mac Brown loved them because, and we found out later, I think Mac Brown likes to be able to put his teams on a cruise control. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like autopilot. Like, no, no, no. Vince Young's running this team. That's why I'm listening to 50 Cent, too. And y'all <laughs> should as well. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's Vince Young's team, and it was Colt McCoy's team. He wanted to be Chris Sims' team. But he wasn't ready for the media blowback in Austin because that's that's when Austin, you know, started the outlets covering Texas football started developing too, weren't they? Those come around the, you know, the orange bloods and everything. Yeah. It comes around around ninety nine, around two thousand, yeah. right yeah. around there, it's, right, exactly. right around there. And Mac's not really ready for that. That's when the message boards kick off and everybody's oh, talking yeah. about this was the biggest subject, sports radio and Austin. So everybody's orange talking about fans Bucky was and Aaron. big. The old Austin three sixty yeah. board was big. You yeah. know what I mean? So I think he was like, I think he got to the point where he's like, damn, I wasn't ready for, for this because Major was beloved. Major got became but a beloved really figure even to this day. People really love major i think he's wholesome and he reminds him of andy griffith and whatever the hell else is going on they just love them some major Applewhite, who's also a louisiana boy uh but they love them some major Applewhite. and sims was the big city boy coming from the east coast yep reminds me of those, those pace picante commercials yeah. <laughs> yeah, <the privilege. laughs> new york city new york city get the rope you know what i mean that's how well, people view it remember, the, remember the big boy. story about him coming and moving into the dorms yeah. and he had the limo moving into the dorms and he didn't mean to have a limo but they ordered a car and it was big and it ended up being a limo and he was moving his stuff into the uh, to the dorms and there was a limo there and that was a big story in the states and then on the message board and yeah. everything else and I don't think Mac, Mac had that that was new to Mac yeah you know what I mean Mac had you had to deal with that in North Carolina they're talking about basketball in North Carolina you came here and they were talking about your what your quarterback's doing while he's moving into the dorm yeah and how that makes him uh, a high sedity yeah. you know what I mean kind of elitist quarterback you're like. Holy hell, this is crazy. Being and a good-looking one guy didn't even yeah, help him. And I think Mac started just kind of, you know, you know, Mac likes to play the media and what he's a politician and what the media say matters and the court of public opinion. And I think he reacted to that, and it took him a while to adapt to it. And I think by the time he adapted to it, it was too late. And I think the whole thing was it was mishandled. Um, but I, I don't think it led to ultimately like the, the, you know, the end of both of their careers or anything. I just think it could have been handled better. And the timetable is worth pointing out just because it's – funny remembering it in the pre-internet era almost but whenever you have Ricky in the game against Nebraska where Major becomes well known because he wasn't the quarterback that season it was until the injuries came up and he had to go and be the quarterback and that was on Halloween 1998. Sims was finishing his senior year of mm-hmm. high school, but like he hadn't even really been starting to get the whole heavy Brewster recruitment. Like he committed in February seventh, ninety nine. Like we're talking about a little three month span where yeah. it's like, okay, well, ooh, uh, that Texas school. If I don't do Tennessee, it looks pretty cool. And then they don't have anybody. And then out of nowhere, it's November, and there's this major Applewhite kid that yeah. everybody loves. But it's the right. little Opie guy that everybody's right. like, ah, oh, well, get the number one five star quarterback. Point. We haven't had a 
guy like this ever. Like, there's Shea Marins, and who else is a five-star guy ever? Who knows? Now you're Anyways, right. you, of course you're going to take them both. And then, worst-case scenario, we got two good quarterbacks, and that's what we got. But whenever one is the Opie Pesky guy that maybe is a little – like, you yeah. saw Major on Gritty the sidelines yeah. fighting with teammates yeah. and making them take off jackets. That sounds like a guy that may be a little bit of a nope. prick at times mm-hmm. from time to time because yeah. he's competitive and he's fighting from the bottom. Exactly. Fought from the bottom, and now yeah. he's a freshman that beat Nebraska. And it's like, Imagine. okay, well, I'm going to keep trying hard, and that's all I've ever done. And the, the on the other side is the image of the pretty yep. boy, rich kid that comes in from the legacy. And, well, I'll take them both and see where it goes. Yeah, it was the silver spoon versus, you know, the – the down and the out, story. under-recruited story of kick dirt you know on what him. I mean? The dog yeah. in the corner, Mac Brown. Would so talk about. imagine, yeah, imagine Chris Sims basically rooming with a less talented, less abrasive Baker Mayfield. You know what I mean? And it, it, that's what it was because Majors, Major is like that. That's why. Yeah. He, that's why he did that thing with Ed Oliver. Majors like that. I mean, nothing against him, but he's just competitive. He's like, hey man, I'm trying to win. Yeah. I don't give a damn if I can psychologically get in your head yeah. and freak you out and make you uncomfortable so you don't sleep tonight <laughs> and I sleep really good and I go out tomorrow and have a better practicing you, then that's just the way it is. I'm going to be more and focused, cool and that's that. intimidating, yeah, like staring that's, down scenes. Right? Like, so you me, see I, what I just did out there? Yeah, that's the guy that I know. I'm helping yeah. the team. <laughs> the, uh, and he's only helping the team. And he's only like, hey, he believes that this is what's best for the team. <laughs> me being I'm out competing, there is better I'm for pushing the team. Sims, it's like yeah. I mean, yeah. For what it's worth, the two quarterbacks Texas went after really hard in that 1999 recruiting class, Rod, your <laughs> recruiting class. Chris Sims and Eli Manning. There was a time where people thought Eli Manning was coming to Texas. Yeah, I mean, Mac was because Mac, Mac went those guys. Well, I get the quarterback, and then boom, I put it on they cruise were in the control. Same class. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. and he, Eli, I'm, I just found an interview. Eli Manning admitted like Texas was in the lead, and then Ole Miss ended up hiring David Cutcliffe, and he ended up going to back their relationship with Cutcliffe. And they were off so recruiting is not about what you know; it's about who you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Rod, I just I mean, I, I wanted to kind of maybe make this a bigger show, but I didn't want to treat uh, give a whole show to the Sims Apple White deal because I didn't figure yeah, yeah. He, didn't want to go down that road for an hour plus. But what being his roommate, like it's really weird. Like, there's been polarizing Texas athletes before and after. Like there's Texas fans, honestly, that still won't forgive Blake Gideon for what happened in Lubbock mm-hmm. 11 years ago. I, no, I'm, I'm serious. It's just, no, it's just they just won't do it. Yeah. Um, Chris Sims was kind of the first Texas athlete that I can remember. Someone correct me if I'm wrong, but in the dot com era of coverage, that really became like a polarizing figure. Mm-hmm. There was no, there was no middle ground with Chris Sims. Nope. You, you either him loved, loved him, him or you. Just yeah. hated. They thought he was the future of Texas football. That was the quarterback that would lead you to a national title, or you thought he was overrated and he was a gifted the starting quarterback. He's only playing because who his dad is. Yeah, he exactly. Was, he was ahead he, of his time yeah. for our sports but media complex. Really was. This world that we're at now, he would have been a huge sports story radio in in Austin was basically cemented because of Chris Sims' yep. talk. Bucky yep. and Aaron talked about it every day. Yeah, like they, they, they did a whole and, they and, three and or then four they hours hired, shows on this one topic. Every, and then yeah. they hired Major. And yeah, Major and, did and, it. Exactly. <laughs> and, I didn't know, and I didn't know that But when I was playing, but I heard later, like, oh, dude, that's all we talked about. That, that oh, was yeah. it. Every damn day, it was Major Sims for like three or three years or whatever they were playing yeah. together. I had that was it. Getting in my it's car, going, wanted. getting in my car, going to school, <laughs> turn on the radio, and it's Bucky and Aaron talking about Sims Applewhite, and that's it's, all you wanted to hear. Yeah, well, Sims Applewhite. Said, no, no, talk about Sims Applewhite some more. It was the same point yeah. being made, and as as they played, 
it was even more polarizing. Yes. Oh, it started yeah. polarizing, and then when Seals would play well, but then throw picks, and then Major would come in and win the game, you were like, oh, my God. Oh, and, you know, and, and we had a frustrated was, puppet of a coach God. just losing his it mind was, on the sideline. It was great trauma. I mean, I'm now thinking about looking back, not living it, it was horrible. It was horrific. Yeah. It was <laughs> it was the most heartbreaking, heart-riching thing ever when Chris Seals would come. It, it was heartbreaking would be, as a Texas would be slashed, thing. and people would be calling his phone, giving him death threats, so he's got to change his number. Yeah, that, not funny. Like, that mm-hmm. is horrific. <laughs> and terrible but then you learned about I learned about Longhorn fans I learned how much Longhorn fans love football and they love it so much they hated Chris Sims the passion that's why he has not been back it's the old thing that Darrell told Mac Brown when he took the job the best thing about this job is 20 million people care and the worst thing about this job is that 20 million people care man even Sam talks about going into those classrooms after they lose and the looks and, hmm. and it man it ain't trust me I didn't go to class after we lost I didn't want to deal with it right. either so let me let me ask you let me ask you this, Rod. We talked about we didn't lose a lot though, so I went to class. Right. We talked about, you know, the death threats and the tire slashing sure and all that mean. stuff and he had to change his phone number. I remember I don't remember what message board it was, but I remember somebody got a hold of his number and oh, posted yeah. it on like some message mm-hmm. board and oh, that yeah. was another time he had to change yeah. his number. But that was kind of the extreme stuff. But on a day to day basis, what do you being his roommate, being his friend, what do you think was the worst part of it for him? Just on a day to day basis dealing with the whole uh, I don't deal. think he – yeah, I mean, for him, he was just uh, – I think he was his – he would get in his own head psychologically. I put, he put too much pressure on himself, I think, for those big games. That's why big games he would have – some of those big games he would have his worst games, you know, big 12 title games and bowl games. I think he just put too much pressure on himself because he, he wanted to win more than anybody. Nobody worked harder than Chris Sims, man, nobody. Like nobody on that team. That's why everybody respected him. He was always at the front of the line for the workouts. He was always the guy pumping everybody up. Nobody was more of a, a team camaraderie guy. I mean, he's the one that started taking the old linemen out. You know, he's the first quarterback that, you know, in Texas was doing that. He's probably the first one to have the bread to do it. Right. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and Sam now can do that too. But, but you know, like I mean, he would take the guys wise. out. But he was, uh, I mean, that's what his dad did in the NFL. That's so why he grew up around a professional quarterback. And that's what you did. You you treated your old lineman. You know what I mean? You treated him good because they protected you and they, you want that bond. And he was all, all always about that locker room bond. That's why he didn't go to Tennessee. You know, Tennessee, he committed to them initially and, and told us, like, no, nah, I didn't like it. it. It seemed like, you know, the guys were it was in separate groups and all these cliques and, you know what I mean? Like, all the white guys hang out with the white guys and the black guys hang out with the black guys. It's like, I didn't like that. You know what I mean? I came to Texas and everybody was kicking it together. I was like, yeah, freaking hippies and mm-hmm. Willie Nelson and Ricky Williams around here. Like, yep. there's love and hippies and everybody. Like, he, and it turns out he's a big hippie. You know yep. what I mean? That's what basically what seems he's a big old hippie. Yeah, the uh, opposite that, of Major's personality. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> he, he, so he loved Austin. Like, he, that's why Austin was like, and it's sad that almost Shakespearean, you know, irony that he can't really yeah. come back here now that. The world knows how cool Austin is, mm-hmm. um, but he came here for that reason because he loved the culture here, and now he never comes back because he feels like he's hated. Pretty <laughs> yeah, much, which you know is I mean? absurd. I yeah, wish which, fans which will change. Which will change. Yeah, and it, it, it feels just as a fan, it yeah. has subsided amongst. Yeah. Unless you are just one of the like the ten percent of just insane yeah. fans. I think that if he are came back fanatical. now and they announced him on the field before a game or halftime, he would get. I don't know if you get a standing ovation, but you would definitely get a with the a wine round, and cheese crowd. Yes, it would. It, it would you know definitely I mean? be. I, I, right, I would try to lead a standing ovation because students are separated yeah. from. They're too young to know they're about too young it. To know them. And then but, the old yeah. people probably won't be booming. He, at I least. don't know. They got to put him in the Hall of Honor. I mean, he obviously deserves at least the Hall of Honor. So uh-huh. I don't. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I'm sure they'll try to get him back here. But he doesn't hold any like ill like feelings toward. He just doesn't want to come back because he thinks like he's going to deal with some. 
some moron he doesn't have to <laughs> or imbecile calling him out or said something stupid in front yeah, of his Chris is not currently in the Longhorn Hall of Honor. I think I think Chris Jones being in the Hall of Honor needs to happen. I think sure. you should do it. And Tom Herman should probably should do it. It'd be cool because Tom Herman was here, you know, with Sims a little bit. I mean, he I don't know how uh, if he remembers that or if either one of them remember, but I'm sure that since now he's in broadcasting, Sims has thought about it. like, oh man, Tom Herman, I remember that. Guy. Oh no, Tom Tom Herman does because when I was at the yeah. Angelo Clinic and he was talking about the lineage of quarterbacks of Texas, he mentioned Chris Sims. Yeah, so and he knows. I mean, so yeah, I, yeah, I don't know what's gonna happen there, but it's um, I don't know. I think it'd be cool. It'd be great to get all the quarterbacks back since you know since then and get them all to like take a picture or something. You know, you know what Sims being in the Hall of Honor means, Rod. What? That could mean Wood reunion. It could be in a wood reunion. There have been wood Shane's reunions throughout busy. the years. Yeah, there have been wood reunions. We have them at, you know, every, every now and then, three or four years or so. The wood will all get together. It's tough, though. Now everybody's got kids. Well, yeah. And families. And Shanahan's got that, that Shanahan job gets like, San Fran. Um, he gets like, honestly, scientist. I think he gets like nine weeks a year, basically, where I think he can cause it a, like maybe even a vacation, if you know, that, where he's not actually literally at the office having yeah. to work. You but know he's I mean? bringing everything where with he's at, him. Yeah, like actually at the office or working where he doesn't go to work. I think he said like nine weeks or something like that. And, yeah, I, and I think he doesn't. He takes like, I think he, say, he takes like a month of it. I got a feeling Shannon was one of those guys, though, that that even like it is downtime. It's like, oh, I need to go break down this film. Oh, no, no, he's no, or, yeah, no, he's all he's always up there at the office, dude. Yeah, yeah no, question. gotta get him a Super Bowl first and then he'll he maybe slow it down. Otherwise, it's yeah. like at that point, no, there's no reason to have a rest in offseason. He's got Marquise Goodwin, though. he's got the fastest man in the NFL to help him out, yes. so yeah. that helps, you know. What I mean, did you see Marquise Goodwin win in a million? Win a million, that was yeah, so, that's so that's awesome. easy money, dude. Yeah. I did, like, did y'all, well, and that people just must not realize that he is that good of a sprinter only because, like, well, he's an Olympic long jumper in the NFL. He's like, but, like, he could have been a real sprinter if he would have yeah. focused his career on it. It just wasn't the best one for his career, which football was. And then he can still long jump in the Olympics during football season. They don't conflict with each other. So yeah, he if he could to. do it, he he's would sprint if he could. Yeah. I mean, the 40-yard dash is all explosion, and he's he's ridiculous, man. <laughs> and and, and he, took a, he took a picture with a tiger over the – in you a pool, yeah. With a tiger in a pool. Like, this dude, okay, t- yeah. I'm going to, right not- now, you need to draft him really hot in your fantasy leagues. This dude is taking pictures with tigers in pools. Confidence. He is the fastest man in the NFL right now. Uh, yeah, that dude, he's, he's feeling it. He's, he's, uh, he's going to have Antonio a career year. Brown next he's going to have Jimmy Garoppolo back. I'm telling you, Marquise Goodwin's going to have a career year. Yeah, just, and he boom. just did last year. Book it. Yeah, he actually did, yeah. He's yeah, actually, him and Pettis. He's been trending really in the right direction. Yeah. So we will uh, – here's one thing I want to do next week. By the way, before we get out of here, I just want to remind everybody, whatever, however you listen to this show, whether you're Apple Podcasts, Google Play, whatever, leave us a review, like yes. us. Five stars will be preferable, but any support you can <laughs> give us would be greatly appreciated. Next week, we're going to do the Q&A episode because we'll have Big 12 Media Days after that, and That's we'll right. be all into preseason stuff. So. It's probably going to be the hashtag. I'm thinking about this. Get uh, Go to my Twitter account, at JeffHow247. Hashtag AskLHB is going to be the hashtag for next week's Q&A show. You want to ask Matt something Daily Fantasy related. You want to ask me something about Matters on the 40. You want to ask Rod about what, you know, Chris Sims snuck in their dorm room or whatever. It no, doesn't no, no. matter. He snuck a lot of stuff in that damn dorm room. Any, <laughs> Rod B's sneaking chicken fried steaks from the mess hall, whatever. Also true. Awesome. Next week's your chance to uh, do some Q&A. We'll get that done. So, uh, yeah, next week we'll have the Longhorn Blitz Q&A edition of the podcast. I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be good. Talk to the peeps. 
Yes. So with that said, we're going to close out this edition. Matt, thanks for everything, man. You're more than welcome. Rod B, appreciate the time and the knowledge. Anytime, brother. For Matt, for Rod, for everybody at the Austin Radio Network and the Horn, 1049-1019-AM-1260, streaming on the Horn app and at hornfm.com, where you can get Rod B on the Rodcast each and every weekday from 1 to 3. Shameless plug. Thanks to Matt, you can get all of our classic archives on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. You can get this podcast anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher. All you got to do is what, Matt? Yep, type in Longhorn Blitz. There you have it for the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family. I am Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com.